uh, we'll be able to take it and uh, use it for the benefit of our everyday uh, everyday life and our walk in life. Uh, we're going to go to the book of Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter number 17. We're going to go <coughs> to the book of Exodus in chapter number 17. Exodus chapter number 17. We won't read before you long, but we can read what thus saith the Lord. Exodus chapter number 17. I, I want to share a couple of dreams that I've had over the past two weeks. Uh, you know, whenever I have dreams, I'm always, you know, I, I'm leery and I, it concerns me and uh, I'm always crafty. And then my things begin to happen right after I have a dream. And then this morning I, I, I asked the Lord, I said, God, Tell me those dreams are, are for the present or are there things that's coming in the future. Now the first dream I had was Sunday, maybe two Sundays a week ago. Maybe two Sundays a week ago. And in that dream, it was like a carnival. And uh, I was in this house. And this was the first time I've ever had a dream where I was standing on the outside looking in and that person on the inside was me. Usually I always see somebody else on the inside. And I'm questioning God, okay, what happened? Or just kind of explain to me the meaning of the dream. But this particular time, I'm on the outside, I'm observing, and I see myself inside the dream. Now, there's, we're in this house. I can't say it's a building or whose house it was, but there was just this thing that was shaped like a door, but it wasn't a door. And the wind began to shake the building. And that that part of the house that, that looked like a door, that was shaped like a door, uh, it began to fall forward toward me. And at that time, I threw my hand up, and when I threw my hand up, it went back up. So I, I, okay, I said, okay, Lord, and, and, and then the, the dream changes. And when it changes, I see myself sitting down in a chair. And I'm sitting in, and it, it's similar to this kind of chair, but it was different. The back of the chair was a little bit lower. But then there was this wind that just, just grabbed hold of the chair with me in it and just took me straight up in the air. I mean, just, just engulfed me. And as quick as I went up, that's how quick I came down. I mean, it dropped me right to the bottom. And, and then I looked to my left and I saw what appears to be a tornado. And I asked a question. And I said to whomever was there, I said, is that a tornado? And it was passing by, and you could see it because it was glass and windows, and you could see the tornado going by. So about that time, I, I, I see this, this, this young, uh, I see a young lady and I see a child. Uh, and when I get up, because it seems like this, this house had two, two rooms to it, or maybe three rooms, because when I moved from where I was, sitting in that chair, I moved toward the, that young lady and the child to see if they were okay. And that same tornado that was passing by, it circled back around and it came back. But this time it hit directly where I would have been sitting. And the person that, that I went to see about, they said to me, said, if you had not moved, you would have been in direct hit of that tornado. So I, I woke up and, and of course, you know, the next day I, I got a call and you know, and I said, okay, God, this has to do with what's going on with them because they had some situation that transpired in their life. Well, I think Monday, I can't remember what day of the week was this week, I, I had a second dream. And once again, I'm dreaming about tornadoes. At the first dream that I had, it was at 10.30, and the reason why I know it was at 10.30, because I looked at the clock and we always pray at 15 to 11, so I, I, I saw the, the time of the first dream. The second dream I had was right before I woke up that morning. Uh, it, it probably maybe maybe five or six o'clock is when I had the second dream. This time we're in this house again and there were people in the house and there was a law. You know how it is when there's a warning go off and, and in the city when there's a, a, a a hurricane being started or a tornado, then that comes that, that alarm, that blast warning people. I heard that alarm. I, I heard it. And at that point, people began to leave out of this house where we were. And as it went on the outside, I remember 
that was a small child, and, and the strange thing, I keep seeing this woman and this child in both breeds that has posed me. And as they went out, I, I was reaching to get this, this child's coat because it was on the outside. So when I go on the outside, there were some other people that was like slowful in coming out. But they, they finally came out. And when I stepped out, I could see the black cloud, the same black cloud again. I see this black cloud hovering. But right at the tip end of the black cloud was this, it was a fiery red, but it also had a, a yellow, a yellow tint in it. And I'm asking the people that, that as we came out, I said, do you all not see this? Do you see that red, that red ball looks like fire at the very end of that black cloud? And they said to me, I, well, I don't see anything, I don't see anything. And at the moment that they said they didn't see anything, all of a sudden, hail began to fall from the sky, the size of golf balls. And the people started screaming, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And they began to run for safety. And I came up out of the dream. And I said, Lord, I know you're speaking to us and you're warning us. So what are you trying to tell us? Help, help me to understand what you're saying because God is wanting us to be prepared. Now, I happen to say this, and it's in my spirit, is that God is warning us for, for events to come. So we need to make preparation. Amen. It is so important. Water supply, food supply. You know, people may say, well, she's off. No, I'm not off my rocket. Because I still remember a few years back when I had a dream before the recession hit, two years prior to, God revealed to me about what was going to happen, and I shared it with church people. You know, you can share with people that live out in the world, and they are believing, and they will prepare. But when you start sharing stuff with church folk, they, they don't get more believe until it hits. And see, when it, when it hit before, then the, the leader that I shared it with, they said to the congregation, well, I didn't realize it was going to be this bad. But if they had a listen and made preparation, see, it's not about where it comes from or whose mouth is coming out of. It is you got to hear it with the, with the ear of God and hear it with the Spirit and know to be prepared. Not only in the natural, but we got to be prepared in the spiritual. Now we're going to go to our text, uh, Exodus chapter and number seventeen. Father God, I thank you. I praise you. I give your name glory. I ask Father God to allow me to decrease, and Father God, you increase. You speak to our heart and let us know, God, exactly where we are. And God, I give your name, praise, and I give you glory. Have your way, Father God, in this place. This we ask in your Son Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Exodus chapter number 17. Exodus chapter 17. Chapter number 17 in the book of Exodus. Now, I'm going to begin reading at verse number 8, and then you'll understand why God gave me this topic. But we're going to start the beginning of the message in verse 1. But we're going to read verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Then came Amalek and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in mine hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him, and he fought with Amalek. And, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of a hill. Verse 11 says, And it came to pass, when Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he set thereon, and Aaron and her stayed up his hand, the one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. The, 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 the topic, the, the, the thought that the Lord has given me is where are the Aaron's and the herds. Where are the Aaron's and the herds? Herds, herds. Where are they? Verse number one in chapter 17 in the book of Exodus says this. 
the saints, and all the congregation of the children of Israel, they journeyed from the wilderness of sin after their journeys, according to the commandment of the Lord, and pitched in Rephidim, and there was no water for the people to drink. Okay, God, what are you saying? What are you, what are you saying to me? They journeyed. They took a journey from, he says, from the wilderness of sin. They took a journey from the wilderness. Now, we know it has been established that the word wilderness there means this old earthly life of existence. This old earthly life of existence. They journeyed from a place. It says they journeyed from the wilderness of sin. I said, well, God, what does that word sin mean? Because I love to look up to see what the Hebrew or the Greek meaning of the word. The word sin there means thorny. They journeyed from a thorny place. Okay, God, tell me, what does that mean? He says they, they journeyed from a place that, that choked out the word. See, there are situations and circumstances in our lives that chokes out the word. So they had to, they had to leave that place. And God says, the people of God, we have to leave that place where it chokes out the word of God. So they journeyed from that place, and, and it wasn't the first time they had been in that place. Because the word of God says, uh, when they journeyed from the wilderness of sin, after their journey, the journeys there had less. So that's an implication that they've been in that place a whole lot of time where the word of God had been choked out. So God said they had to journey from that place. We have to leave from that place that chokes out the word of God. There are a lot of things in our lives that, and in the lives of the believer that chokes out the word of God. You know, the cares of, of, of riches, you know, of, uh, uh, different things in society. I mean, the, the, and when you look at Matthew, this is Matthew chapter 8, chapter 13. It begins to talk about, uh, and talk about, the scripture talks about the sword, some of the seed. It, it, it tells about the different things that chokes out the word. It, different things that chokes out the word. But where they end up at is when they leave that place that chokes out the word. And I think we just need to go back and read Matthew chapter number, let's see, Matthew. Chapter number 13. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter number 13. Yes. That's where we want to go. And then those the ones in Matthew, whether or not I want to go to Mark, because they all say the same thing and give some similarities. But we're going to deal with some things, first of all, because see, you have to leave that place, God says, wherein the word is being choked out. Matthew chapter 13. Let's look at verse number. Hmm. Let's look at verse number 18. Verse number 18. Verse number 18 in Matthew 13. Verse 18 says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sword. So is the word. Verse 19 says, When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, not church word, but kingdom word. When you hear the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one. And carries away that which was sown in the heart. This is he which is received seed by the way, by the wayside, not in the way, but by the way. You see, when when we don't understand the word of God, then what the enemy does is he comes and he snatches that word away from our heart. Then verse twenty says, "But he that received the seed into stony places." The same is he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth the word. Look at verse 21. Yet have he not what root in himself, but doeth for a while, for when what happens? When tribulations or persecutions arises because of what? Of the word, by and by he is offended. He is offended. You see, when tribulations come, 
persecution comes, it's going to come because of the Word. Anytime God sends His Word and gives us enlightenment, we can expect persecution and tribulation. We can expect that. We can expect that. So then it goes on to say uh, that you are free. You know, sometimes, you know, when, when the Word of God comes forth, and I, I've been guilty, you know, when we say, well, the priest is just talking to me. He's picking on me. Well, the thing is, you know, and the Lord spoke to my heart, so Brenda, if you wasn't in the wrong place and doing the wrong thing, then the Word wouldn't be touching you. But whenever the Word convicts us, we need to thank God. God says, I've been in that place. I, I, I have literally been in that place. And you know what? I thank God for, for he, can, he can chastise me and I can receive it. I, I can receive it and not get offended. Not get offended. Verse 22 says, He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the what? The care of this word. The cares of this word. Huh. And the deceitfulness of what? Riches. Everybody want to be rich. And what it says it does, it chokes the word and he becomes unfruitful. So we have to be careful what we allow into our lives because it'll choke out the word. When we find ourselves doing more of other things rather than being in the presence of God or studying word, then all the enemy is trying to do is choke that word out of us. He's trying to choke out the word. Now let's go back to Exodus chapter number 17. Remember now, that, uh, they had to leave that place that chokes out the word. So we all know within our own lives what, what circumstances and situations that we have that has choked out the word. So you can get so caught up in people, you, you'll lose sight of who God is. Right. I've been there. Amen. Been there. Amen. Been there. Then that got choked in a t-shirt. I'm not sharing with you something I don't know about. I've done this thing. I've got some experience. I've got some experience under my belt. You know, this is things that we allow to choke out the word of God. When, when God becomes secondary in our lives, more than priority. See, God's supposed to be top priority in our lives. Top priority. Because he is the source of our life. Now, it, it, it talks about in the latter part of verse 1 in chapter 17, then they pitched their tent in a place called Rephidim. That means a place of rest. That word Rephidim there means rest. So when they leave that, that place that chokes out the word, and then they pitch their, their tent in, in, in a place of rest, there's something else that happens there. There's something else happens. The Bible says, and there was no water for the people to drink. Hmm. There was no water for the people to drink. Hmm. What's verse number two? It says, wherefore the people did chide. The word chide, that means they had a controversy. You know, they had a complaint. You know, they, they had a complaint. Now, who did they have a complaint with? And with Moses. And later on, we're going we're gonna to understand uh, what Moses really means, what God is speaking here and saying. And he said, give us water that we may drink. Remember now that they got a problem now. They're asking for the water to come from Moses. Hmm. And Moses said unto them, why, child, why you got a controversy with me? You know, why you got a problem with me? Why you complaining to me? He said, wherefore do ye tempt the Lord? And God says this to me, and, and, and of course I'm always right now what the Lord says. God says this. He said, our number one problem is this. We look to man rather than to God for the water that we need. Water sustains us in life. We look to mankind rather than looking to God who sustains us for, for, for that which we need. And I said, well, God, wait a minute. He said, hold up. He said, before they get on the wrong path, the word of God says, how can you hear without a preacher? And how can he, how can he preach except he be sent? God said, yeah, you've got to have somebody to preach to you. You've got to have somebody to impart the word of God to you. He said, but there's some other days through the week when you've got to get before God for yourself. That, that you look to God and not look to man for what you need as far as your nourishment. He said, the number one problem is that we look to man for our well-being rather than looking to God who is the source of life. Who is the source of our life. He's our source. He's looking for what you need, that water that's going to sustain you. You're looking in the wrong place. Can't just start man. You see, 
the preacher, because God's word saves. You got to have that. To discard that, that means you get to discard part of the Bible, and you just can't take nothing out of the Bible. It's the, it's in written. It's just recorded. It's gonna be there forever, regardless whether we accept it or not accept it. And then verse number three says, "And the people they thirsted there. How can you be in a place of rest and still thirst?" Hmm. Says, "And the people thirst there." For water, and and the people murmured against Moses and said, "Wherefore is this that thou hast brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our cattle with thirst?" God says, "If we got a drought, if we have a spirit of drought, it has nothing to do with the delivered one and delivering the word. It has nothing to do with that." God said, we got a spiritual drought. It's our own reason. It's our own fault that we got a spiritual drought. It's our own, own fault that we got a spiritual drought. You know, we say, well, I'm thirsty. I feel I'm like an empty. I need the word. Well, God says, if we take the time and spend the time with him, we would not have that spiritual drought. Now, it don't cost anything. Let's go to Isaiah chapter number 55. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 55. You see, God made it so easy that, they, that there's no excuses why we can't be filled spiritually and, and have that water that will quench our soul. Isaiah chapter number 55. Amen. Isaiah chapter number 55. Begin reading at verse number one. It doesn't matter what kind of money you got. It doesn't matter if you don't have any money. The word is still the same. You know, verse one in Isaiah 55 says this. He says, Hold everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, ah. everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters. If you're thirsty, it means you got an intense desire. He says, Come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye. Buy and eat. That's wait a minute, God. You just said you ain't got no money. Now you're talking about buying. He said it's the same thing, brother. He said that's not the same thing. He says that word buy there means to break. When I looked up that word uh, buy in, in, in the Hebrew, it means to break. I said, God, what are we going to have to break? He said break, break that mindset. That, that Break that mindset. You got to have something tangible to receive what God has for us. He said, break that mindset. Break that mindset. He said, come ye by. Break that mindset. He said, come ye by and eat. Come. Look what he says by. He says, by wine and milk, without money and without price. Come, buy, and eat. He said, by wine, by milk, without money and without price. You see, wine is joy. He said, come. Come, come, come and buy by, by and buy joy, that which delights our hearts. And then he says, you're going to buy milk. He said, God, what is milk? He said, milk is the richness of his word. You see, if the word of God tells us we need to desire the sincere milk of the word of God. So what we're needing to desire is the richness of God's word. He didn't have no money. He said, come on and buy it. He said, well, he said it is without price. If you have an intense desire for, for the things of God to be filled spiritually, he said, you don't have to have no money. And then verse 2 says, what? watch this. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not worthy? Have you ever uh, 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 seen like, especially in eating sometimes, it's like you've got a taste for something, you just don't know what it is, and you keep on eating different things, you're still not satisfied. Well, God said it could be that, that what needs to be fed is in a man and not the, not the, uh, the natural man. Because, see, only until you get something that will quench that thirst will you be satisfied. And, see, most often God says what we do is we take tangible things and try to fill the void that only God can fill within our souls and within our spirits. Until we, until we allow him to, to fill that void, we can do a whole lot of things that will satisfy our flesh, and that void is still going to be there. Yeah. He said, wherefore do you spend, spend ye money for that which is not bread? So God said, you're wasting, you're wasting your money. He said, and 
your labor for that which satisfieth not. You labor for something and you're not getting satisfied. Then he says, Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. What is fatness? The, the word of God. Let, let our souls begin to delight in the Lord, delight in his word. Now, we're going to get to where are the errors and errors. We're going to get to that. Now, let's go back to Exodus chapter number 17. Going back to Exodus chapter number 17. Now, remember now that they're that, that complaining. That, uh, uh, these are people of God that God has brought out of that, that place of limitation or that place of bondage. But they're looking to man for their resource rather than looking to God. So, so they got a controversy. So verse number 4 says, uh, And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, What shall I do unto this people? They be almost ready to stone me. Now, the Lord says this to me, says, he says, uh, our attitude determines how long we stay in the wilderness. Our attitude determines how long we stay in that situation we're in. If, if we're going to complain when we're going through a situation, that's the way you ain't learning it, so you're going to be there while. It, it's your attitude. Your attitude toward anything, it will, uh, it will cause you to come out of that place of, 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 of poverty, uh, mentality, and force wilderness if our attitude is different. He said, if your attitude ain't right, you're going to stay in that place, in that cycle, over and over again. But if you can change your attitude, you know, when situations happen in our lives, if you can, if you can see it through God's eyes and say, okay, God, how am I supposed to handle this? What am I supposed to do, do with this? Or when somebody comes against you, you're like, okay, God, what am I supposed to do? God said, according to your attitude, it will determine how long you will stay in that situation. So our attitude has to change in our everyday walk. In our everyday walk, our attitude has to change. Because if we want to stay in that same place over and over and over and over, God said we're going to be in that place over and over and over until we change our attitude. You know what? Attitude ain't nothing but flesh. <laughs> it ain't nothing but our flesh. Our attitude. Our, our attitude. God says if you want to come up out of that situation and do and, and, and see the hand of God move before your life, he said change your attitude. Just change your attitude. He said, and it's strange that the body of Christ got such an attitude. I mean, what is it that, that we as the people of God have an attitude? We're supposed to be examples. Hmm. Attitude. Change your attitude. Now, verse number five says, and, and the Lord said unto Moses, Go on before the people and take with thee of the elders of Israel and thy rod. Uh oh. And thy rod. Remember the rod now. Wherein thou smallest the river, take in thine hand and go. Verse 6 says, Behold, I will stand before thee upon the rock in Holland, and thou shalt smite the rock, and there shall come water out of it, that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Verse 7. Here we go. Verse 17, and he called the name of the place Massa, that word temptation, and Mervyn means struck, because of the chiding or because of the controversy that the children of Israel had. And because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? You know how it is sometimes when we go through difficult situations, we begin to question Amen. whether or not God is really with us. Amen. I mean, God, you brought me to this place. You said you're going to do this, and then this, this situation happened. Now we said, God, are you really with me or not? I, I had a, 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 a conversation the other day. I thank God for conversations that I have with people. And, and people, God, and people that's not walking with the Lord. But this, this young lady, she's a person that has always been spiritual. But hard times here. When I say hard times, I mean hard times. She's a businesswoman. And, and, and this businesswoman, she said she had some employees. She wants her own business. Well, her employees decided they wanted a raise. They decided they wanted a raise. They wanted to make $12 an hour. Well, business had fell off. 
She had lost some houses because she, 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 she works with rich people and, and she cleans these buildings, she cleans these, these houses to work with people. And they got enough sense to know I can't spend my money now because there's something coming down the pipe so we got to hold on to our money. Okay, poverty-blinded people, stop spending. I hear you hold the door. So some, there's some things coming down the pipe. So, so she said they, they, they got together, that little crew, that hollow working crew. They got together and decided they all were going to quit at the same time. Either she had six employees or she had 20. And she still had the same amount of businesses that she had to take care of. And the same amount of houses. So she needed a designated amount of people she had to work. But they all decided they gonna quit and did quit. And they did quit at the same time. Every last one of them. So there she is, left alone. Having to do all of that work by herself with a bad back. And then her husband decided, he, he works out alone, but he was willing to help her. He too, he got bad knees. But, but, but they chose to come together. And you know, when she would not give in, when she wouldn't give in to their demands of the workers, they called back and said, uh, can we get our job back? You know what she said? No. And then on top of that, uh, 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 she, she's, the Lord had blessed her to, 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 to a degree where she was able to, 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 to uh, bless her mother and purchase her mom with a home. Well, they decided she gets a letter in the mail, and, 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 and the note of the mortgage where it was $568, all of a sudden she's got to pay $900 for the same house that she paid $516 for. So she's like, what's going on here? Well, what's, what's really happening? They give her a house of a square footage of 2,400 square footage, and it's not the square footage of her house. So, so what's happening, she's paying for something that she's not even living in. Not 2,400 square footage, that's a huge house. And, but yet, they refused to change. And then she said one thing after another began to hit her. It kept hitting her, kept hitting her. And she said, my God, God, where are you? Where are you, God? And she said, she got something. I'm talking about somebody with spirit field now. I mean, so much stuff had came my way until her daughter said, well, mama, you got to trust God. Well, at that time, she didn't want anything about trusting no God. Because all she had was one commodity after another that hit her. And the Lord had spoke to my heart and told me to call her the day all that stuff was going on. And all the was disobedient, didn't call. But the next day, I was, I, was, I was cooking, and all of a sudden, I heard the Lord say, you need to call her. I called her. And when I called her, she began to unload everything that happened. And let me tell you how God works. When we won't do what God tells us to do, God is sending another way. This time he's sending it through the mail. Somebody she did not know, had no clue. She gets this letter in the mail, and there's a note in there telling her to be encouraged. That God, God is with her no matter what she's going through. She said that literally lifted her spirit because she didn't even know the people. But that was a message from the Lord in her circumstance and in her situation. So, so, so whenever the adversary comes up against us, sometimes, yeah, and we're truthful, we're like, okay, God, what is really going on? Well, what's happening, Lord? But, but God always got a ram in the bush to let you know he's there. He's there. He's there. He's there. God always got a ram in the bush. Now, let's look at verse number eight. Because when, 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 when God reveals to us those places that we're being in, places of temptation, places of strife, then uh, uh, he, he goes on to show us the next part of our life. Verse number 8 says, Then came Amalek. Who is Amalek? Amalek are descendants of Esau. Okay, God. Now, who are these descendants of Esau? He says, These are robbers of your nutrients. The spirit of Amalek is robbers of your nutrients. They're robbers of the word of God that's within you, within me. They're, they're competing in the garden of your soul. They're competing for those nutrients that keep you vibrant. They, they want to rob you. They're, 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 they're nutrient robbers. So he says, then came Emily. Okay, once we get ourselves together. And they fought with Israel in the record, which means in a place of rest. The adversary always come against you when you're in that place of rest and when you're operating in peace. Here he comes. Here he comes. But what he's after, he's not after your flesh. He is after your nutrients. 
Because he knows if you don't get those nutrients, if you don't have that word of God to nourish you, he knows he'll have you. See, so that's why he's after that. Because he knows that's where your strength comes from. So our strength comes from the word of God. Why do you think the enemy likes to put you to sleep when it comes down to the word of God? Why do you think he likes to give us dull of hearing when it comes down to the word of God? And we can always get a distraction. There's always a distraction when it comes down to receiving what God has for our life. That's a robber. That's an amulet within our life. He's after those nutrients because he knows if you, if you nourish your body, it's just like a child. You continue to get a child milk, a little bit later give it milk, it's going to get stronger and stronger and stronger. If you deprive that child of the nourishment that it needs and not give it proper food, it's going to be weak. It's the same way in our spiritual life. If we do not feed the inner man, the word of God, we're going to get weak. And then what happens? Here come Emily. He's, he'll begin to rob us of those nutrients. He's after the word. He don't care about nothing else because he knows that the word is going to stand forever. The word of God says, heaven and earth will pass away. He says, but my word is going to stand forever. So he is after the word of God in you. He's after the word of God in us. So, so it's important. Sometimes you've got to just really fight to, 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 to hold on to that word of God, to get into that word of God. But let me tell you something. You better get into the word of God. Because that is where your nutrients are. That's what's going to help you to stand when the tornadoes come in our life. And everybody's got tornadoes and hurricanes that come in our life. And if we do not have the word of God that, that gives us the strength, we're going to falter. We will, we will falter. So the word says, then came Emily and fought with Israel and represented in a place of rest. And Moses, watch this, and we almost done. And Moses said unto Joshua, now Joshua means warrior, choose us out men and go out and fight with who? Emily. You've got to go out and fight with those spiritual robbers that's in our lives that's trying to rob us of our nutrients. So you've got to go to war. That spirit of Joshua within us, you've got to let it go to war because somebody's trying to steal the word of God from you. Amen. The cares of this world, the riches that, that, that chokes out the word of God, all these, just think about your life. Think, God says, really think about your life. What is trying to choke out me? Me and God. What is trying to choke out uh, uh, my word? What, what's that? What, what, what is it that's choking out the word of God but in, in your life? See, everybody knows what it is. Everybody knows what's in the business. Big, I mean, so big, the big, I mean, somebody told me the other day, the one time they prayed, when they talk when they call, they don't know where to work. Excuse me. Help, Lord. Business can choke out the word of God. Business is such a hurry all the time. I mean, never really sitting down with God. You know what you got to say? What are you saying today, God? You see, in, in communication, yeah. it's just like with husband and wife. It's going to be a two-way communication. Uh, it's the same way with God. You know, it, when it comes down to God, it's not a one-way conversation. We've got to sit still long enough to hear what he got to say. If we're always talking, how are we going to hear what God's saying? You know, that's just like husband and wife. If they're always talking, one of them always talking, you never get another one to have time enough to say anything. That's a one-way conversation. That's not two ways. It's the same way with God. It's, I mean, see, as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. Can y'all feel me? Can you, really, can you feel the Holy Spirit? Can you, see, you've you got to have that, that communication there with God. If, if you're always telling God about this and this, how are you going to get the answer? You know, I ate, ate some Chinese food the other day. You know, I don't believe in them little cookies, you know, they got but, it, but, but I popped that thing out. I'm going to see what the little message says. That's what I say now. That's what I say. And, and, and it, it, it had to. And I remember what the person says, expect a, a, a pleasant surprise. Ooh, God, thank you. <laughs> a pleasant surprise. I'm, I'm ready for that now. You know. uh, so then I easily popped out the other one. You know, you know what it says? The solution to your problem is at the least place you expect. You think I shouted over that? <laughs> it wasn't a pleasant surprise. It told me where the solution to my problem was. At the, at the most simplest place where I don't even expect it to be. And I thought, I was like, okay, God, you're going to show me where that place is because I, I won't get to that place. Because I don't know about you, I got a lot of problems. So, so, so my thing is, God, if it's in a place, I think the most simplest 
but what I wouldn't even expect it to be. There's the solution. You see, it's one thing to have a problem, but you also want to have a solution. Don't tell me all the problems and never give me no solution. Don't give me no solution. So, so then it says we, we, we got to go to war. We got, we got to go to war. Now watch this. The latter part of the night it says tomorrow. Tomorrow is our next season. You see, that spirit of Amalek, that, 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 that spirit that wants to rob us of our nutrients, it does not want us to get to our next season. See, that's some powerful stuff in our next season. And I'll end our next season. Then it says, uh, tomorrow he said, I will stand on the top of a hill with the what? The Lord of God. Don't stand on top of you. Don't stand in that place of promotion. <laughs> with, with the hand of God. With that rod of God. In the place of promotion. Because see, if, if, if we don't have the rod of God, you know, the rod does many things. Not only does the rod chastise us, but the rod brings comfort to you. So when he says, he says, I'll stand on the stand on, I'll stand there on the top of the hill with the word of God in my hand. Now verse number 10 says this. So Joshua, meaning that warrior spirit, did as Moses had said, follow the instruction. You can hear the word of God, but if you don't bear do with the word of God, then you will not follow the instructions of God. Anybody been there besides me? God tells us what to do, we, we refuse to do it. That means we're hearers, but not doers. And then we wonder why we're still in the same situation or the same shape. Might be because the solution was given to our problem, but we don't, want, we don't like the answer. Been there. Don't mind sharing my laundry, opening up a literacy. Been there. You know, because a lot of times we as Christians, we like to make people think everything is so beautiful and everything is so wonderful. Well, there is a stinking lie. If the truth be told, yeah. and the walls could talk. Hmm. And if you're spiritual, you somebody spiritual, they know anything. <laughs> the Bible says they, they follow with, with Amalek. It tells Joshua, follow instructions. That warring spirit, that follow instructions. They fought against those, 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 those robbers of, of our nutrients, the robbers of the word. Then it says this. And Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. They went up to place a promotion. Okay, God, what are you saying about Moses, Aaron, and Hur? And that's why the Lord gave me that much. He gave me that text. I began to study and the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Moses was an intercessor. God says, my people, according to the word, we should always pray and faint not. So that let me know, as, 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 as we're laboring before God, as we're interceding on behalf of ourselves as well as others, that sometimes it, that journey of, of that road gets heavy. It, it gets heavy. So you, 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 you've got to be in a prayerful mode. You've you got to be that. You see, there, there are three key ingredients that we have to have if we're going to defeat the Amalek, the, 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 those robbers of the nutrients that's within our soul, the three ingredients is this. You've got to have prayer. You've got to, you've got to get in the face of God and intercede. You, you've got to intercede. Secondly, the word Aaron there means light bringer. You see, when God says, when we begin to, to intercede, when we begin to commune with him, he says, it brings the light. I mean, it brightens the light within us. I mean, have you ever noticed people look at you and say, oh my God, you're a brilliant. Well, that's because you, you've been in the face of God. I've been in the presence of the Lord. And then thirdly, he says, her. So, okay, God, what does her mean? First, the definition of her was the whole. I said, God, I don't understand that. I said, you're talking about ancestral prayer? You, 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 you're, you're talking, God, about that light, bringing the light. I said, but now you're talking about a whole? Her means whole? He said, Brenda, he said, when you go in the battle, sometimes you've got to get down in the trenches when you're going to war. So you've got to have that spirit where you've got to get down in the trenches no matter what it takes to, to, to be able to keep that word of God. You've got, sometimes you've got to get low in that battle because you've got to be in the trenches in war. See, whenever you go to war, you don't want somebody to go with you that, that ain't, ain't willing to fight now because you know you're going to get everybody killed. But, but, but God says there's some things that has to take place in, in that next season in our life. We've got to be more proud. 
When you look around at the condition of the world, we definitely know we've got to be more practical. See, a couple weeks ago, like maybe last Sunday, God says, if my people that are called by my name, if they would do four things, humble themselves, if they would pray, seek his face, and turn from their wickedness, they're going, God, these are your people. And you said they're wicked? They got to turn from their wickedness. He said he'll forgive their sins, and then we will heal from heaven, and then the land will be healed. Our land needs to be healed. Look around. Everything goes. Everything goes. Everything goes. So, so the body of Christ, we are in an awesome position. We've got a power that we don't even recognize that we even got. Because we can change the things as we see around us. We don't have to accept everything we see because that is what the book told us. The Bible tells us if we would do the things that God says, we can bring about a change and we can see our land healed. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you. But where are the errands? Where are the herds that's willing to do this? That's willing to, to get down in the churches for somebody else's life and not your own. That, that, that will go to battle for somebody else's house. Amen, Holy Ghost. Or is it all about your own? Me, myself, and I. Period. <laughs> Me, myself, and I. Period. Me, period, me, nobody else. He said, where are the aliens? Where are the hires? You know, those folks are willing to, to, to bring, take your light into them dark places. And, and, and bring about light. And willing to get down in the trenches to help somebody else that's going through Verse 11 says, oh Jesus, verse 11 says, and, and, and it came to pass, I mean it happened, when Moses, watched this, he held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. God says, the moment we, we begin to cease and pray, the moment we begin to cease and pray in our lives and pray for others, that's when the enemy prevails in our life. The moment we, we begin to, to, to distance ourselves from God, moving away from the Lord rather than moving toward God, he says that's when the enemy begins to prevail in our life. But you know, you've got to have some errands and some herbs there. You've got to have those. Because then the Bible says, in verse number 12, it says, But Moses' hands were heavy. You see, a lot of times in intercessory prayer, that, that's a weight on you. That, when you pray for other souls, it, 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 it can become weighted. Because especially when you see the situation, the circumstances of life, it can become weighted. But watch what happens when you've got a support. You've got a support system. Says, but Moses' hands were heavy, the power. And they took a stone, I mean the Aaron and the her, and put it under him, and he sat thereon. And Aaron and her stayed up his hand. That's their support system. The one on one side and the other on the other, other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. You know, as a, as a church family and as a church body and, and a body as, as a whole, when we begin to support one another, the enemy has no way to come in and disrupt our lives the way it is. There's no way because the Word of God tells us something different. When we begin to lift up one another in prayer. Yes. Hello. Amen. I mean, lift up one another in prayer. Yes. I don't have to see you to pray for you. I, you don't have to tell me your business for me to pray for you because, see, if I got the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God let me know you need to pray for your sisters and brothers anyway. Regardless of what the circumstances and the situation is. And if you happen to know anything, you go into prayer. And I guarantee you, when you come out of prayer, and if you ain't a person of God, when that thing is over with, you're going to see a whole entire different situation in their life. So that's why prayer is important. We need to begin to all lift one another up until we see results in one another's life. Anybody got some children they need to see delivered set free? Well, we need some errands and some herbs that will go to war, get down in the trenches, and begin to pray until you see results. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, so where is the aliens and the herds? Hmm. Verse 13 says, And Joshua, the spirit of warrior, warrior said, And Joshua discomforted. <laughs> you see, when you go to war, that the, 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 those robbers of, of the nutrients within you, see, it would discomfort them. 
and his people with the edge of what? The sword. The sword is the word. The sword is the word. The way you're going to just conquer the enemy, it is with the word. It is with the word. The, 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 the Satan ain't scared nothing else except the word. Because he knows the word got power. He knows the word is God. And he's afraid of, he's afraid of God. In verse 14 he says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Write this, look at this, Write this for a memorial in a book. In other words, keep this in remembrance how you defeated the adversary. Because right. you know why? You're going to continue to have next season. <laughs> so you better have something in, in your hard drive that you can pull back up Amen. and let you know, okay, this is how I defeated it before. Yeah. And things begin to get uh, slack, a lot in our life. And we wonder what's going on. Pull up the hard drive, do a recall, and see what's going on. What did you do in the last battle? I took the words. And that's the same way you're going to defeat him because he's going to keep coming back up. He's going to keep showing up. He'll keep showing up at your door. He'll keep showing up. And the Bible says in verse 14, And the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in a book and rehearse it in the ears of Joshua, that warring spirit. He said, For I will ultimately put out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. In other words, he said, I'm going to get rid of that, that, that robber of the nutrients of the word that's within you. Verse 15 says, And Moses built an altar uh-huh. and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi, which means my back. See, the Lord is your back. Because the Bible says, when the enemy comes against you like a flood, the word of God says, he will lift up a standard. See, that word standard there means back. He will lift up a standard against. And then I noticed something there. It says, against him. Not against the flood, but against him. That let me know it's a spirit. When the enemy comes against you like a flood, the Lord said, he will raise up a banner, a standard, a standard against him. Him meaning that spirit, the one that started that flood. He ain't going to rebuke the flood. He going he gonna to rebuke that, that started it. That's the one he's going to get. And then the Bible says, uh, he, as he built the altar and called it in the name of it Jehovah Nisa, which means my banner. And verse 16 says, For he said, Because the Lord has sworn, God cannot lie, that the Lord will have war with Amalek, what was the nutrient? Look at this. From generation to generation. Remember, next season. You're going to continue to have next seasons in our life. And you're going to continue to see that the wobble, the, the ingredients, those nutrients in your life. Now, y'all, let's give God a hand type of praise for his word.